listening to Range Minded from Independence Indoor Shooting. Before we get started, make sure you find us on Facebook and Instagram at Range Minded Podcast and leave us some feedback at a rating on wherever you get your podcasts from because it really does help us out and make better content for you. This is episode 105 where we have our regular special guest Nick Hoffer with us and all three of us talk about staging firearms in the home, in the workplace, and in your vehicle. We go over the who, the what, the where, the when, the how, and the why. As always, thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoy episode 105 of Range Minded, the in and outs of staging firearms. Hello and welcome to Range Minded from Independence Indoor Shooting. My name is Mark Long, and I am joined by... Steve Zimmerman in my best Sunday shirt. Yeah, it's Hawaiian Shirt Sunday. I missed out. And uh, not only that, we do have a special guest as well. Um, who was our special guest? Nick Hoffer, HopTac.com. Yeah, one of the uh, the most regular guests now on uh, on the uh, Range Minded podcast. I think this is number four or five for you. Yeah, I've, I've worked really hard to, to, to be the number one guest. So. <laughs> well, you've earned yeah. it. That's it's, for sure. It's taken you five five visits to actually be there, so... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I didn't so, even have to share this one. I was like, "This is my. Uh, I get to be on here by myself this time." Oh yeah, That's last great. time you were here, you were with you were with Terry Piper. Yeah, I think that was a good, that was a pretty good show. I actually listened to that one. Oh good. Yeah. So was it any good? Because I don't honestly, I'm not gonna lie. Like, I don't listen to the shows very rarely. Like, do I listen to a show after we recorded it? Because <laughs> I'm I did it. Are you scared to hear your own voice? Well, I know I sound terrible, so I don't have to worry about that. <laughs> you sound, well, you ha- you sound you have, great, Steve. You have, a, you have a voice for a book, that's for sure. <laughs> you'd, you'd be really good in a book. Page one. <laughs> oh, yeah. But you if can... you wrote the book, I wouldn't recommend you narrated it in the audience. Oh, oh that's a different story. Like, yeah. It's not even a book reading voice. It's like, just keep your mouth closed and use your mind. Yeah, just write it. That's what you're saying. Well, when I read, like, if I read in my mind, I sound like Morgan Freeman, so it's all good. <laughs> that's a talent itself right there. Yeah, that's impressive. Yeah. I know usually so usually everybody's inner voice is just their own voice, except better. No. No, mine's definitely not. Morgan Freeman, that's so like, impressive. So, like, when you're driving down the road and you're thinking about something, is that Morgan Freeman, too? No, it's usually Oprah. It's, you got a ticket, and you got a ticket, and you got a ticket. <laughs> It's usually on the way back to Boise, isn't it? I actually, I have, I have. Hopefully, I don't jinx myself. I haven't had a ticket in like, holy cow, probably about close to twenty years. Wow! So now, I've, been, I've been pulled over more than since then, <laughs> but I've been good. I just had this conversation yesterday. I think I was, I was telling someone, I go, you know, as many of the Meridian police officers that I work with. I've never been pulled over by one that was a customer. (laughs) (laughs) That would be too easy. Yeah. Well, we can't talk about Meridian PD because all the drama, right? Oh, I can talk about it all day long. They still got to do their jobs. I think what they did was (laughs) just fine. Oh, yeah. They're they're nationally known now. Meridian PD, national stars. I heard a rumor that that incident put us on one of the top watch lists for what's going on in the country right now as far as like people rising up well what bugs me is they don't tell the whole story they show like the four minutes of of her getting handcuffed and well, yeah, she, story. She, she was a hero in her circle oh yeah yeah except for one of her the gal that filmed the video did you see that she she wrote an apology letter to really the, well, the police did, department. did you see sarah's apology video no, uh, I don't think I did. Oh yeah, she did an apology in front of the Meridian Police Department. You got to watch that video. There was a whole lot of crying and regret in that video. Oh boy, yeah. that's a lot for asking to be arrested. Yeah, so. it is what it is. Luckily, that's not really what we're talking about. Though. Yeah, I was gonna say let's uh, let's stop that one right here. We can do a whole other show on that. Yeah, but I no, don't that's think that, that, that's that. the <laughs> that's the B side to this show. Yeah. Yeah. No, we're we're talking about firearms today and specifically um, staging firearms versus storing firearms. We've talked about uh, safe safe storage a few times um, and, you know, balancing between having, um, you know, a firearm available to you and and keeping your firearms away from prying ears and eyes and hands. 
but this time we're going to talk about staging firearms in different parts of your house and kind of go over the the who, what, where, and how, and why um, between all that. So um, I thought first, Steve, maybe you could define for us um, kind of the difference between storing your firearms safely and staging them for availability. So in my perspective, how I see it now, this is my opinion and and not necessarily the views of, of Nick or Mark, but in, in my perspective, um, as far as uh, staging and storing guns, they're two very different things. So for me, storing a gun is putting it in a safe locked place until I'm ready to use it, unloaded until I'm ready to use it. Right. So um, uh, hunting or whatever, target shooting later on, I'm not going to get those guns out until I'm ready to use them, and then I'll load them. Now, staging a firearm... Um, in my opinion, it's already ready to use. So I'm going to have that firearm loaded and I'm going to be strategically placing them in, in my home or place of business or in my car, maybe um, where they're secure and only I can get to them. But I also know where they are and they're not going to be somewhere that's completely visible or, or obvious to, uh, to uh, anybody else. Nick, do you agree with that? I, I think I could agree with that. That's, that's kind of my, my, feeling on that as well yeah so it's the the big difference really is just having it readily available or um keeping it really in a safe those are the big differences and i think really um you know the big difference coming down to it is whether you're at your home or you're away from home um you know if you're at home you know especially right now during uh during the quarantine stay at home order that everybody's still um under um you know you're you're gonna have firearms in a different kind of stage of readiness when, when we talk about staging I, I always think of how ready they are to be used um, whereas if you're going on like a trip or like a week or a couple of days or even a weekend or whatever you're going to make sure that all those firearms are stored safely away where nobody can get at them yeah yeah and there's uh and there's lots of different ways to to do that uh as far as keeping them out of out of sight out of mind i guess and some of those might include little locking boxes or or whatever that we yeah because you could, I mean you could you could stage in the vault tech and the uh, the stop box like those are those are designed for staging not necessarily storage right uh, well, and, and the downside to those is uh, in, in my point of view is is usually they're light enough to just pick up and take away unless you've excuse me unless you put them some kind of a steel rope or something around something else and i think that i think the purpose of those is more being able to have have a handgun sitting out on the table and not necessarily have it seen as a handgun but you know that it's there so you can stage in plain sight um i like those so i don't do a lot of staging around my house because i have four kids running around even though they're well versed in guns i still try not to leave stuff laying around because i'm not here most of the time so right most of my guns stay at the shop uh except for the one that i carry back and forth every day and maybe a rifle lives here but uh as far as as far as staging goes around the home i don't do a whole lot of it i understand it when i was single i probably did more of it um just because i didn't have a whole lot to worry about right. but now that there's four kids in our apartment like staging handguns around the house isn't really a big thing but i do have i do have guns around the shop that are staged and the likelihood of me necessarily the feeling of maybe needing it there is more than when i'm at home because i but i carry a gun on me all the time at home i think i kind of referenced that to you before like i carry a gun every day and i don't take it off at home until i go to bed well, and that's, I think, one of the best ways, you know, if you want to make sure that a firearm is available to you at all times um, is to carry a gun with you, even when you're at home, you know, when you're going about your business during the day or whatever, even on the weekends or after you get home for work or whatever, because then you always know where it is. You always know that you can get to it and you know that other people are going to have a pretty tough time to get to it. And I think the reason that I'm that I'm a little I, so I'll take my I take my gun off when I get into the shop because some of the stuff I'm doing requires me to lean over the counter, lean into a machine uh, back and forth. And it, it, it gets uncomfortable. Like it doesn't matter what I'm carrying it in. Like once you're leaned up against the counter, I'm leaned in a mill or I'm running back and forth up and down. Like in order to be more comfortable, I'll put it up on the shelf 
and I have obviously I have guns readily available to me all day, but I have probably three in the shop that are loaded and in designated spots that I know where they are in case I'm on one side of the shop. I don't have to run around if I needed it. Right. And so maybe explain a little bit why you kind of have it that way. So as in, as in why do I want to have the gun staged or why do I have them in the place that I have them? Um, Both. So obviously I have the gun staged because I want to have access to a firearm at all times. And if it's not on my body, I'm going to need multiple designated spots for that. So for me, in my workplace, I have three designated spots. One where I put my carry gun that I take off, which is in my office. And I know exactly where that is all the time if I'm in the office. And then two in the shop. So I have one on each side of the shop, which my shop's not all that big. So I'm always within four or five steps of it. So if there was a situation where I was dealing with somebody that I felt nervous or uncomfortable around, I might work my way towards those positions, which is, like I said, four or five steps in either direction, depending on where I'm at. Um, being, Being that we're in the concealed carry industry, that's top of my mind, even though I highly doubt that I'm ever going to need them. It's still top of my mind because I think about it all the time. Right. Um, so when I stage a firearm, a stage firearm, like Steve said, is a firearm that's loaded and ready to go. In my case, they're all in holsters. So trigger guard protection, uh, as safe as it can be without being in a safe and unloaded. Um, they're all sitting in a designated spot with a holster on it, they're all the exact same gun. They're all Glock 19s because that's what I carry and that's what I have the most of. So, Well, and you bring up a lot of good points there is that that they're loaded, but they're also in holsters. So that way, if you do reach up and maybe your your grip isn't the best, you know, you're not going to accidentally have a finger slip into the trigger guard and pull the trigger and have a negligent discharge. Um, you know, so safety is kind of, you know, one of those things you want to think about there, but also um, that you have the same kind of gun in every single spot. So no matter what, you're familiar with it, you've trained with it, and you know, you know, you know exactly how that gun works and how it's going to how it's going to operate. So those, so the only difference in those three guns is one has a light. So I have I have three of the same uh, 19s that are set up all the same. One has a light on it, and that's the one that's the furthest into the shop in case there was a situation where the lights were off. Um, I don't carry with a light. I carry, I carry a light with me most of the time, but I'm not a big weapon mounted light fan because I've done most of my training with like a pin light or a hand light. Sure. And because I, I feel like a lot of guys that carry a weapon mounted light don't carry a handheld light. Well, I use my handheld light every single day. Mm-hmm. I use my handheld light because you guys have been to my shop. We're behind that fence. I unlock that gate. Uh, sometimes in the dark, I lock it in the dark. Sometimes when my apartment was above the shop, I was going in and out of that gate sometimes two, three in the morning. And yeah. I use my handheld all the time. Um, the, uh, the odds of me needing a weapon mounted light slim to none. I mean, we carry it cause we might need it, but a handheld light is much more usable and so yeah. that's why it's I, I like style. Yeah. And, and my problem with with uh, weapon mounted lights is is if you're going to clear your home, and I know you can use it to splash off walls or whatever to to get that light around, is the potential of of uh, using that light to light up a threat and realizing it's a member of my family, where I just flag them with a the firearm, which is well, one and of that's the, the that I don't that's like the thing break. I explain. To, I explained to some new some new concealed carry guys every once in a while while they're in when we're talking about weapon mounted lights because I, I will say right now, ninety percent of the people that want custom holsters from me are waiting on their weapon mounted light to show up before they bring it in. Mm-hmm. So I have I have six people right now who have reached out to me and said as soon as the light comes in I'll bring it in, and so I'm like well when I talk to them when when they come in. I'm always saying, hey, so you have a weapon mounted light. You feel the need to illuminate things. What are you doing for illumination when you don't point a gun at something? Because if you need to see what's around that corner, do you want to point your gun around the corner? 
or do you want a light so that you can see what's around the, that corner? And that's my, my big takeaway is weapon mounted lights are great if you're a cop, but they still carry handhelds. Right. Because when they, when they go to a gun, they put down the handheld and go to a gun mounted light because now you're not manipulating two things. For us civilians and concealed carriers, I'm going to go to my light first to see what's going on. Now I can either go to a gun with a light or I can have taught myself how to use a light and a gun at the same time, which is how I originally learned weapon mounted lights five, six years ago were not as popular as they are now. Right. I, I would honestly say that the Enforce APL was a big push into civilian weapon mounted lights because of the price point because they dropped under that $150 price range. Yeah. They're a lot more affordable now. And, you know, with every, you know, handgun having, uh, you know, rail mounts, it's a lot easier and a lot cheaper to have a weapon mounted light. And if you kind of go by the philosophy, it's better to have it and not need it. Um, you know, it makes sense to have one, but you know, to your point or whatever, and to Steve's point is that, you know, you'd rather point just a regular flashlight at, you know, a member of your family or a friendly person or whatever, rather than getting your gun out and pointing it at somebody and not trying to operate two things at once. So then let's jump into this though. So we're talking about stage guns, right? Yeah. So if you're going to stage guns, I believe that you should pick the right gun for the situation. You guys agree? So yeah. If we're staging a gun in our home, say it's a nightstand gun or a bedroom gun, sure. I'm going to say Glock 17, extended mag, Surefire X300 Ultra mounted to it, as well as a handheld light on the nightstand. That's two lights. And that's also 18 to 22 rounds, depending on your extended mag on that gun. <laughs> Right. Reason, be reason being this, I don't want to reload. Like Steve said, I don't want to point my gun at my family. But when I go to when I go from the handheld light to my pistol, I can drop the handheld and I can go full on to a full frame gun with a full size light, all the lumens you could imagine. And now I'm in the fight because now I've decided that I'm in the fight. I've, I've went to a weapon mounted light and now, now I'm good to go. Yeah. That's if I'm not going to go to a rifle, that's, that's, that's my pistol go to stage. Well then, so let's, let's do this. So if you, if you want a pistol with a weapon mounted light and a, an extended magazine, why not just stage an AR 15 right next to your bed? That that's a, that's a valid point. And that's a, you could do that if you wanted to, I'm more proficient with a handgun than I am a rifle one because I, I spend most of my time developing handgun skills. Rifle skills might be a little easier. I, I don't necessarily want to go to a rifle in my home. If I don't have to, for me personally, I would probably stage a shotgun before I stage an AR-15. Well, especially in your circumstance where you're in an apartment. Um, yeah. I have, I have people on three sides of me. So, and on the far side of me are my kids' rooms. So, as far as over penetration, an AR-15 is not really an option for me. Sure. As well as for a shotgun, choosing the right ammunition so that I don't penetrate through walls into the next apart apartment is a big deal. Well, and that's, that's a really good point that you bring up is that when you're staging firearms and, and even I would say considering what firearms uh, to use for self-defense or home defense or whatever, is you have to consider your environment. And if you share walls with people or, you know, if you have a home or maybe you have neighbors that are really close to you or a townhome, you really have to consider the environment that you're in and that you may be using that firearm in because, um, you know, like you mentioned, Nick, an AR-15 may penetrate through, you know, multiple walls, including your neighbor's walls. Um, whereas well, a shotgun, no idea what's going on, right? No idea. And I don't know. Here's the deal. I know that the apartments are somewhat similar, but I don't know if on the other side of my bedroom wall is the other master bedroom or if that's the kid's room because right. I haven't been in. So I don't know where, I don't know how they have their furniture set up. I don't know any of that. So right. over penetration is a big deal. 
Whereas like if I had my own house, I know where my kids' beds are. I know what their rooms are. I know everything inside those four walls. Where and I'm you know at now, you don't share walls with anybody else. Exactly. Yeah, and I, and I have, I, and just like, just like at my house, I had made a plan of if something happened and I have to leave the master bedroom to clear the house, this is how you do it. Well, I know that in the apartment, but I, like we said, I don't know what's going on inside of my four walls of my building, right. only inside of the walls of my, my section of the building. So right. it, it really depends on where you live. And like I said, I don't have gun stage here. I do at the shop because I know exactly who comes into those areas exactly who has access whereas at the apartment i'm especially now i'm at work all day there's five other people at the apartment when i'm not here and granted i trust every single one of them with a gun but sometimes you don't you you just you can't you can't trust kids by themselves to not be curious. Well, right. it's not just your kids. It's it's their friends that you have to worry about, too. You, you don't. Well, my kids don't have friends. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can see why you're their dad. Gosh. Just, just kidding. Just kidding. You know, it's interesting. I just thought as you were talking, Nick, like all three of us have cover those three dynamics you live in an apartment building mark you live in a more uh urban area where your neighbors are close and i'm kind of stuck out in the country where i have a little bit of room right so, so you just the shotgun you just fire that up in the air yeah two blasts pop pop yeah. you're done yeah that'll scare everybody off uh, it works that's what somebody said once i don't know if he remembers saying that he doesn't he doesn't <laughs> he doesn't remember who he is half the day thanks <laughs> Um, yeah, so but, for me, like like a shotgun or an AR-15 is a viable option. I I probably wouldn't choose you know, a, a full size AR. I'd probably jump to a, a uh, an AR pistol, and there I'm not scared to put a weapons mounted light on it because uh, I need both hands anyways. And I think with what Steve said, like the, the, the depending where you live, that also depend that also makes up who's going to be the person that might be the intruder. So an intruder in my apartment might not be a heavily armed intruder. They could be somebody who accidentally breaks into my apartment thinking it's someone else's. Right. Or sure. is drunk and doesn't know where their apartment is. Whereas yeah. if you're breaking into Steve's house, you didn't just stumble into where he lives. You, you might have went there because you had a reason to yeah. break in there. And yeah, so be more they might be heavily, more heavily yeah. armed. And somebody who thought that my apartment was theirs and couldn't figure out their door code and busted in. Right. Yeah, I think the and population density is a big, big thing to consider. Yeah, I, I mean, I think as far as where I live, it's it's a fairly safe, you know, part of the state. There's not a lot going on. I know all of the the local police officers, which which helps too. But. Uh, we're getting a lot of new people moving in all over the state. We get a lot of new people and, and maybe some of them uh, have different reasons for moving here and have different ideals than I do. And I guarantee you there's somebody moving here and they're like, we're are going to rob Steve's house. We're coming. They want the, they want the Southern church. California. And we, we heard him on the range minded podcast. We've <laughs> researched we where he lives. That voice he is, is the world's awful. foremost expert on finished carpentry. I want his tools we're going that's true that's true <laughs> yeah yeah so you really have to cons- coming in heavy <laughs> you really do have to con- you have to consider yeah the situation the town that you're in the environment that you're in where you live um definitely some big considerations um but nick you bring up a good point too about um you know if you have staged firearms in your house and you have a family or you have multiple people in the home you have to think about okay who's going to have access to those and who do you trust to to share maybe the locations of those staged firearms with or or do you not stage them at all like you said you've got some kids and no matter what it's kids can get curious um you know but maybe if they were older like 18 19 or something like that would that change the situation at all i mean it could i mean my kids at 18, 19 years old have probably been exper- uh, exposed to firearms a lot more than I was at 18, 19 years old. So I know that my 12-year-old son, he won't touch my gun or even the magazine without – he'll come to me and say, 
hey, I saw your magazine laying on the fell on the floor, and I'll be like, well, go pick it up and put it on the nightstand. Yeah, like, that's the way it is. Like he comes to me and tells me, or he comes and works at the shop two days a week now because they don't have school, and if something's out of place and he sees that there's live ammunition, he comes and asks me, Hey, do you want me to handle that? Even though we go shooting, he owns his own guns. He's responsible for the maintenance and taking care of his own guns. But he knows if, if I haven't told him that's okay, that that's not something that he does. So even at the shop, he doesn't know where those staged guns are. I don't put live ammunition in the shop outside of those stage guns we have we have some loaded ammunition but it's not live or uh using for different things that kind of like snap caps but i actually use um bullets in casings but they don't have primers or powder in them because we don't need them to go into guns but even then he he doesn't know the difference so he'll come to me and be like he'll hand me a handful of bullets and be like hey where do you want these yeah well and I think that's good, even though he doesn't know the difference between the live and the dummy rounds. It's still a habit that he's creating, which is fantastic. I, I think it's very responsible and commendable. But even then, even then, I still, I still don't feel comfortable to leave him in the apartment with staged guns that curious kids that are running through the house mm-hmm. go next to the couch. And we have a gun staged somewhere on the far side. And he goes, well, why is this here? Oh, or like you guys said, their friends are over and their friends aren't. And they're like, oh, well, just show me. Show, show them what that is. Yeah. And even though they say no, 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 we know how peer pressure works. And like, they're like, oh, well, I know what I'm doing so I can be safe. Right. And I move this. Or they're trying to be responsible and say, oh, well, I'm just going to move this into mom and dad's room and something happens. Like, that's not a, that's not a situation that I want to be in especially in the industry that I'm in and the side of the industry where I'm selling things to people to keep their firearms safe. I don't, I don't want to be anywhere near an ND or anyone in my immediate family with an ND. Right. So that kind of stuff goes through my head all the time. Like, is it, is it worth staging the gun or should I just wear my pistol till I go to bed or get ready to take a shower? For me, I just keep the gun on me. Yeah, no, and that's I mean, the best, and that's the best and, choice. And I live in a second. I live in a second floor apartment, so dragging a safe up here <laughs> was not even considerable. Hey, so I've, done, I, I've delivered safes over there to second floor, third floor. Oh man, I I don't even want to think about it. So like keeping the keeping the stockpile at the at the shop and just keeping a gun on me. And I I have a black rack in the truck, so I know I have two rifles in the truck. And I got my gun on me. Like I'm, I'm pretty comfortable with, with myself with, with that. But I mean, if you need to have six ARs around your house and you're the only person there, more power to you. I mean, I watch Colin Noir and he's got guns all over his apartment. Yeah, he sure does. Well, and that you bring up two good points there is that, um, you know, having, having stuff all over your house, you know, maybe good when you're there, but, you know, what about when you, when you leave, maybe, you know, where do you draw the line to put everything back in the safe? Maybe you're just going to the store for a half an hour or you're heading on a weekend vacation. I mean, you know, what, where, where, even, be, even being a single person, like take Colin or like we just, I just said, so he's, yeah. he's single, he lives by himself. He's got guns around his apartment, but do we really feel like if somebody breaks into your apartment and they have full access to just grab and go, is that something that we're okay with? If you live in certain states, you're responsible for that. Right. Idaho's not one of those states, but other states, if, if your gun is not locked in a safe and there's a crime committed with that gun, you're responsible because you allowed them access. Even though they broke the law and went into your personal property and took it, they hold you accountable. Because so, you didn't secure your property. Yeah. So you, you, you got to take those into consideration. And for, for me, like when I, when I had my house and I lived by myself and I had my son every other week, I, I probably had, I, I had guns around that weren't in the safe and it's, it's just, it's not worth the liability. Like I don't, criminals do stupid things and I would, I would feel guilty if a crime was committed with a gun that I left that could have been in the safe. 
Oh yeah. 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 I agree. I like, I, I de- at least I definitely don't disagree. Um, for me, like, like I say, I, I have a, I have a shop where I've got a, a big rhino safe at the shop. Um, I've got uh, a place to secure a gun in, in my vehicle. And then I got, you know, my safe here. I haven't gone as far as, as, well, I see how safe your safe looks. It's wide open over there. I run I over there. It's 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 for effect, you see. <laughs> yeah, but I don't see any of my patches on there. What do I see? Gem Tech, Sailing Arm, Strike Industries, Two A. No. And there's a reason is 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 these companies gave me those patches. Wow. Oh. Oh, oh yeah. Oh. There it is. <laughs> I know Adam. Adam Boyce said the same thing. He's like, "Hey, where's the Spartan mode patch?" I'm like, uh, "I don't know. Where is the Spartan mode patch?" Well, he gave me one. I don't know. If, is there any Patriot trays inside that safe? I'm sure there's there. some of those. Come, 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 come walk with me. Let's see. <laughs> um, but yeah, there might be one, two, three. Oh, look at here. that! Look at that! See that? There we go. <laughs> That's because my stuff is being used. Those patches are just for looks. Well, Nick, you're all about That's utility. Right. You're not all. You're not all about show. You're all about utility. For now, for now, we're about to get a lot more showy here soon. There you go. <laughs> um, well, Steve, let's let's talk about your um, your uh, you know staging. What do you have? You know, because yours is yours is in the country. You're staged out 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 a little bit differently. How do you what what is your setup like? Well, I actually, well, I did used to stage a little bit in my home and, you know, the more kids I got around the house, the less comfortable I was about it. Um, I, after preparing for this, for this podcast today, I, I had come up with some things in my mind and maybe, maybe it's something that I end up, you know, creating and selling or something. And, and maybe something that Nick wants to get involved in too at some point is, it kind of like the tactical wall idea, but just with my own, my own twist. I'm glad you touched on that because that's been rolling in the back of my head. Is we need to touch on tactical walls and some of those cabinets. Yeah, yeah. and and I had an idea for a couple different. In fact, I've even bought the hardware already. Um, and uh, my son's almost 18. He's getting close enough, and he spent a lot of time behind guns. So in his room, we talked about it today. Um, when he turns 18, maybe it's time for him to be a little bit more responsible too. And, and I actually found some, some fingerprint scanners that are pretty reasonable fingerprint locks that uh, I'm going to try some things out and see, see how it works. Um, I, I plan on staging something in my kitchen where, where it won't be so obvious. My, my concern is always is not letting any unauthorized users get to it, including my, my, my children that, that I don't, think are ready to do that yet right so it's it's something that uh, i still have to game game out a little bit more and figure out what i'm going to do with it yeah and that's i think so, that's a good point is that you it, it's a it's not you know one uh, you know one option one idea one decision and then you're done it's i think you know staging firearms and stuff is a is a constantly evolving situation you always have to kind of reassess and assess and and check again about okay how has my situation changed you know maybe i've moved from one apartment to another from like a second floor apartment like nick has or to a first floor apartment or to a townhouse or to a a single family home Uh, or maybe i have have kids now or maybe i'm with somebody who has kids and you know they haven't been trained in firearms um you know you always kind of have to reassess and like you know for example like with this one with the quarantine and stuff, you know, there was talk about people, you know, not acting rationally and, and there being shortage of things. And so I kind of took that as a sign myself, maybe, and you might call it paranoid or not. I wanted to make sure all the magazines I had were loaded up and ready to go. If, you know, if I needed to, to have those, you know? So I kind of want to touch on something that Steve just said, obviously he's talking about building something to yeah. stage a fire. Yeah, yeah. And so, I think tactical walls were, are, are a great idea. I think that if you own your home, that that's a, that's a great option. A viable um, option, yeah. I had considered doing that when I owned my home. Now that I'm renting, it's not really an option to chop a giant hole in the wall and put a mirror over it. <laughs> but if I was going to stage a firearm in my apartment that was not in a safe, one of those cabinets or shelves, I think tactical walls offer its own. Lots of guys do the flag murals. Yeah, that, that would that would be the way that I would consider staging. I might not, I wouldn't let 
everyone in my home know what's there, but at least I would know that I could stage in that. And yeah. so I had mentioned, I had mentioned bolt tech and Stopbox earlier. I'm a big supporter of Stopbox. Like I have, I have one at the shop and I have one in my truck. Um, I have a cable tie on a, a, a pistol that's in my truck. Um, I had, I don't know if I, I think I mentioned it. I had a pistol stolen out of my truck when I was out on a boat. They Lake Lowell and Nampa, they stole stuff out of like six well, trucks. Twenty minutes. Right yeah, there. yeah, but they they popped the locks on our doors and stole my cell phone and stole my my pistol that I had left in there. So now I have a uh, black rack behind my seat with both of my rifles. I have a shotgun uh, and an AR-15 behind the seat of my truck that are locked in. And then I also have a Taxol X-ring rifle back there, but it's not secure. It's just behind the seat. Man. Because I, because I want to get to that quick because I like to sh- I like shoot ground squirrels when I'm out. <laughs> In fact, today we went up to Silver City and I almost stopped, but there were so many Mormon crickets I didn't want to get out of the truck. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> but so, so, yeah. So, I stage, I stage stuff at the shop. I stage stuff in my vehicle. But I use certain mechanisms to still keep them safe. Um, if I was going to stage in the house something that was more hidden, less visible, and not letting anyone know it was there, and still having some sort of a secure, I guess, locking mechanism, even if it's RFID or magnetic, is still more secure than having it tucked in the couch or sitting behind the light or laying on my nightstand or in the drawer. Well, I tell you what, I just watched a video earlier today where, and these, it's a couple, it's a husband-wife couple, and I don't remember the name of their training academy, but they're instructors and they filmed this video about staging firearms in their home, and they straight up said that they had young kids kids in the house, but nothing to really secure the gun. They were hiding them in kitchen cabinets and laundry room cabinets, um, in their closets, like between clothes. And I thought, oh, wow, seriously, like this? How is this even responsible? Um, so, so at this at this point of staging guns, like you just said, they're doing. At what point does it not make more sense not to just wear your gun? All the time. While you're at home. If I have to stage 10 guns in my house, I might as well have it on me. Because yeah. I'm going to I'm gonna forget where I put all those. And <laughs> maybe it's time to think about relocating where you live. If you're yeah, not but, worried. But here's the thing. I don't think that those guys are staging guns because they live in a bad neighborhood. They're staging guns because in their mind they are trying to be prepared. But right. the ultimate way to be prepared is to have a firearm on you. Yeah, be it agreed. at home or be it going to the grocery store. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And and we're far more likely to be robbed at home than at a grocery store. Well, I'm, just, true, I'm just worried about getting sick if I go to a grocery store. <laughs> <laughs> I'm well, tired of worried about it. I, I'm just going to get it. I don't care anymore. Uh, well, I actually, I signed up to go get the antibody test on tomorrow, Monday. Ooh. Oh, wow. Yeah, there's, there's a couple of places here in, in Boise that are offering it. It was $105 because I don't have insurance. I uh, I talked to a fella here in Idaho Falls. And I don't remember who I was talking to exactly. Um, oh, I do now. Yeah, that's right. I was talking to a a, a purveyor of, of collectible goods in Idaho Falls. I don't know if they want me to say who they are, but uh, <laughs> he was saying that somebody they know actually worked in Wuhan somewhere else. And this was like in December, and they'd come home, they got sick, and they got over with, got over. They just thought it was, you know, a cold or the flu. He's like, I wouldn't be surprised if half of Idaho Falls has already had it, and nobody knew. Well, we had, I had a discussion with a lot of guys that came from Shot Show, and we all agreed that, you know, the symptoms were pretty much the same, and it wouldn't be surprised if a lot of us had gotten it. That's why I want to get the antibody tests and see if I've had it. I probably haven't. I've, I've been going on and on telling people I thought I've had it, but I probably haven't. But well, you get sick at Shot Show, anyways, just because. Yeah, but I've never been people. sick, and I never miss work. And I didn't. Go, I stayed home and cried in my bed because I couldn't breathe <laughs> for like two you days. Probably did. You probably did because we know for those who've been to Shot Show know that. There's a lot of Chinese people there taking pictures and getting kicked out of Shot Show. <laughs> There's not only a lot of Chinese people there that are scalping product but there's a lot of people there that, there's a lot of product there that yeah. came directly from china 
That's true. And there's a lot of companies there. Like I know for a fact in my side of the industry in the holster side, like Gun and Flower, they're from China and they hit me up every single day to try and sell their product. And they're they have a huge booth there. So it's not it's not like we were hiding from it. And it was Chinese New Year. Yeah, there's that like, too. We were catering to them. Yeah. So I don't know. This, it, eventually, this is going to be over, and our governor says we're not going to go back to normal till we have a vaccine. So we might never go back to normal. Well, <laughs> and and I've heard from other other places that the vaccine maybe as soon as eighteen months, if ever. Wow, yeah. and that's ridiculous. I can't wait that long. That's why I'm just going to live my life. I'm well, done. I mean, if a <laughs> symptom was losing your hair, you wouldn't be worried at all. No, I'm not. I don't care. No, he's got immunity to that. It'd actually be kind of nice to get rid of some of the back hair anyways. Oh, wow. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for that. <laughs> can you can you send pictures afterwards? No, no, I cannot. They'll, Just the mark. They'll get deleted off Facebook if I try that. Uh, oh, man. <laughs> so so we, got, we went over staging firearms in the home. I talked about staging them in my office. And a little bit of staging of the vehicle. Do either of you guys stage in your vehicle? Do you carry anything besides what you have on you? Yep, I do. I don't want to know what. I don't need to know exactly what because we don't want people to, I, to uh, be curious. But they probably I'm know not, my truck's mark. I, I probably. But feel free to left. steal the stuff out of my truck. <laughs> I'm, not, sure. I'm not left without resources in my vehicle, and no matter like. In my wife's car, I don't unless we travel, and then I have I have more than one, just in case. I just wanna my my perspective is is I always want to be able to get home, and, uh, so I, I I have the resources a little bit to do that. So so my mindset on that is this: so I carry the carry guns that I carry. Sometimes I switch it up. Most of the time, it's a Glock 19, uh, full size mag with uh, G9 ammo. But my, my thought about my carry gun is it's enough to get me back to my vehicle. And what I have in my vehicle is enough to either engage in the fight or get back to where it's I need to distance, go. yeah. So I always think it's funny when guys are like, man, I need like three extra mags. And I'm like, is that range here? No, that's just for every day. I'm like, good God, what kind of like gunfight are you getting in? Yeah. And <laughs> if that's the case, what do you carry in your truck? Well, I don't carry anything in my truck. And I'm like, well, if I was you, I would want to get out of the mall and back to my vehicle if I can. If I it's need funny. to get from there, then I'm covered. Yeah. In defensive gun uses, very rarely do you, people have time or the need to exchange a magazine out. I you know what I think of? Over. When it comes to like my truck gun, I think of this. The beginning of World War Z. <laughs> and, you know remember. like they're driving down the, they're driving down all of a sudden it just like breaks out and they're in their minivan or whatever it is and they have to like ditch the minivan and get into the motorhome and they're in the motor and and he's a government agent and they have to go from they go from the motorhome to go get the medicine right and he's got a hunting rifle and that's it <laughs> so what i'm thinking is at least if i have to get into something i got 16 rounds on me in my gun and then if i get back to my minivan i got a rifle and i got a a, bat, a battle belt in the back seat so I'll, i can switch to my range range duty carry for my pistol and i got ar mags on that so i got ready to go once and i can take that gun and whatever i gotta go to from there i'm on my own but at least from there, I'm I'm ready to go with something that's common. I'm not carrying 10 millimeter. I'm not carrying 300 wind mag rifles. Like I'm carrying stuff that I can find on the street, and that's what I'm prepared for. Yeah. Yeah. But any of the other stuff, I, I that that's literally that's that's the scenario that I plan for the beginning of World War Z. Well, you sound <laughs> no, like you're you very know. prepared that might for be it. Too. Yeah. But no zombies have come yet. I was hoping that was going to be what happened with this COVID stuff. Like but. these guys didn't even start dying. Like they died and they stayed dead. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, I'm like, when do those, when do those refrigerator trucks like just 
bust into zombies. Hasn't happened yet. So well, maybe yeah. it maybe but it will. You never my know. Battle Bell will stay behind the scene, unfortunately. Yeah, well, well, unfortunately. That- that brings up a good point, though, is that, you know, you not only can stage firearms in your home or your at your work, but also in your car as you go from place to place. And Steve, you brought up a good point, too, where it might depend on, you know, if you're just taking a quick trip to the store or if you're taking a road trip across your state or across a couple different states, depending on if those laws, you know, you know, pertain to you. Um, That's you've got to consider that. Vehicle, you got to watch you got to watch interstate laws. So. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Luckily, we don't really, we don't really travel, you know, much far out of the the Wyoming, Montana, Idaho, Utah corridor, anyway. So we're we're still pretty well covered. But this is what I get all the time: is are you, are you seriously gonna you gonna take that? <laughs> yep, 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 I am. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we haven't needed it, but what if I do need it? Better to what have it. What if World War II breaks out when you're in Utah? Well, and you know what? She'll be happy then. Yeah, I didn't exactly. be able to get home. Exactly. You know what's funny is I used to get that like, you carry that everywhere. Yeah, why not? Well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> carry so you don't have to. At this point, at this point now, they'll be like, "Do you have your gun with you?" Yeah. Oh, okay. Or the kids will be like, "Do you always have your gun with you?" Yeah. Oh. Okay. Like, kind of, it kind of turns from a, a a weird thing to a oh, like a reassurance almost. Isn't that strange? Yeah, it's it's to where you didn't bring your gun today. What's wrong with you? <laughs> oh yeah, I do that. So, I do that sometimes too. Like I'll leave and I'm like, wow, I didn't grab my. I got to go home, even though I know I have four staged or some staged around it. I'm like, oh well, I got to go back because I can't carry those, even though they're in holsters and just fine. Like, if I if I take those from the shop, then I'll have to bring them back. I gotta go home. Right. Yeah. yeah. Which makes me think of something. I know we already touched on it a little bit. If if our listeners are you know if, if they're thinking about staging something, and you I think you brought it up, Nick, is making sure that that it's in some kind of a holster or or something to protect that trigger guard. Uh, because when we get into panic mode or bump in the night, uh, our our reflex is to grab a hold of something tightly and if it's in the wrong place, I mean, I'd hate to accidentally shoot myself or God so forbid taking, my family member. Taking that little bit of time to unholster that gun and ditch that holster is, is that little bit of mindset, like uh, preparedness that allows you that split second to slow down and get into the frame of, okay, I'm, I'm holding a gun instead of, yeah. So the guns yeah. that I, the guns that are sitting in the shelf on the shelf in the shop, they're in holsters. So my thought on that is this: if I have to grab those and I'm going to the fight right away, I can grab that. I can shed that holster immediately, fast. I know how to use both hands. I can I can dust that off. But if I don't need it and I need to take that gun with me, I can grab that. I can put it on my body and I can go to where I need to go. If I get to where I need to be, say it's outside in the parking lot, as I'm headed to the parking lot, I'm putting that holster onto my body and wearing the gun. Because when I step out the door, I don't need to be brandishing a weapon if it was kids playing with fireworks. But if I step out the door and it was somebody in a gunfight, now I can go to that gun. And that just gives me those different... And if I need to use the gun, I can now reholster the gun and not have it in my hands when law enforcement shows up. So my thought on reholstering is I only need to worry about reholstering to keep myself safe from being a man with a gun. Right. Whereas like everyone talks about like, well, you can't reholster fast. Well, I don't need to reholster quickly. I need to reholster so I can have my hands free. Right. Yeah. That's good thinking. So there's a there's a whole lot of thinking towards taking guns that's not just sticking them between your sheets or (laughs) in the closet right yeah yeah no that's a good point and plus like you know oh sorry i was gonna say and if you have a holster like you're saying you don't want to walk out there and and like brandishing a firearm and then all of a sudden well you're you're done you're right you don't 
and maybe it's at a point where I don't want anybody to know that I have that gun as I'm coming out anyways. Maybe maybe it's better for me to, to not have that gun deployed yet. Because in my point of view, if, if I have that gun deployed, then I've consciously made the decision that I'm going to be using that gun. Um, so it, that, that's a pretty serious step for me to want to just walk out there with a the gun in my hand. Right. Yeah, I mean, like, 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 uh, like Nick said, it's, you know, you don't, it, it's a big difference between having a gun holstered on you and being a concealed carrier and being a guy with a gun. I think it's, I think you can't put it any simpler than that. Well, yeah, and when, when law enforcement shows up on a scene, they, they heard man with a gun or shootout. They didn't hear Nick Hoffer from Hoftac Industries just got into a shootout and took down a bad guy. <laughs> and that he's and I'm going to deploy my concealed carrier badge to them as soon as they show up. Right. No, they don't. But just like I said, I've been pulled over a lot of times by Meridian PD, never by a customer. And I deal with a, I've worked with a lot of them. So if they show up on scene, I'm a bad guy. And I know if I get into a shooting, I know I'm going to jail. That's why I have insurance towards that but i want to be able to not have a gun in my hand and look like a threat like i'm gonna comply i'm not gonna ask him to take me to jail but i'm gonna comply <laughs> you know i threw that in there yeah, yeah that was smooth yeah but no that's all of us in idaho paid to go to jail no <laughs> and and that brings up a good point like you said is just you have to consider kind of the before the middle and after you know is that before you get into a situation the during you when you know when you are in a situation and then the aftermath and i think you know too few people think about what the aftermath could be um and you really do have to take that into consideration and, and really plan that out ahead of time yeah the, the aftermath is is probably something i think of more than the actual situation like the idea of me wanting to get into a shooting is is very slight like I, it's the last thing i want because i don't want to have to deal with what goes through my mind and the repercussions of that happening but if it if it had to happen i'm prepared for it to happen but i've talked to so many people because i've never been in a gunfight i've never taken a life and the the aftermath of taking a life or getting arrested for taking a life there's a there's so much more than a shooting happens in seconds the aftermath is years not only the mental aftermath, but the legal aftermath is years. Yeah. That's you no, know, it surprises me working because I've worked the counter for a while. I've sold a lot of guns, what, no matter what handgun, rifle, shotgun. And there are, there is a percentage of those people that I think glamorize a, a self-defense shooting in their own mind, thinking maybe even how awesome it would be. And it, <laughs> it's crazy that you see those people that, they almost want to get into that gunfight to me. I don't know if they have to. Well, here's the thing, Steve, as instructors, as, as people who have instructed people, being in a shooting would help me and you sell ourselves so yeah. well. But that is the last thing I ever want to be in. I don't want to be in a defensive. Like, I don't want to be like, I've been in a shooting and here's what happened. Like, yeah. That's not what I want. Even though people would be like, oh, well, he's credible. He's been in a shooting. Yeah, nobody want nobody who's actually a responsible, you know, firearms owner and somebody who trains wants that to happen. That's like that's like saying the only viable paramedic is somebody that's almost died in a car accident. <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah, that's yeah. a good way of putting it. But somebody who's almost died in a car accident can tell you what you're going to go through. I I suppose so. Yeah, I guess I'd rather take their word for it, though. Like I talked about, I talked about on the last podcast that I was on, episode one hundred, I think it was, about how I had been in a situation where I I could have used lethal force. I had a gun in my face. I could have used lethal force, but I was on the phone with dispatch, and I was able to get out of the situation without using lethal force, even though I had a gun on me. I had my hand on my gun. But the last thing I wanted to do was shoot. I had a lot less training back then. I was fairly new. I had only been concealed carrying for a couple of years. But even now I look back and I go, I'm so glad I didn't make the choice to draw a weapon. Because would I have hesitated and somebody gotten shot? 
or would I have drawn my weapon and shot and killed somebody and now had to deal with that for the rest of my life? Because it washed out. Everything was fine. I was pissed that the person did what they did, but nobody got hurt. And it could have been a lot worse situation if I had had the mindset of I had the right to do more because I did have the right to do more, but the, the right decision was not to do anything other than what I was doing. Yeah. It's, right. it's funny you bring up Colion Noir because he's talked about that in a couple of videos about, he calls those people that are almost like itching for a fight. They call him, I wish a blank would kind of person. And I, I can't think of a better way to call it somebody who's just itching for that to happen. But Anybody yeah. who's got a, I think a good head on their shoulders really is, that's the last thing they want to have happen. They just, we just, we just want to be prepared, you know? I think it's that we're not scared to be in a gunfight, but the last thing we want is to be in a gunfight. Yeah. yeah 100%. So if there's, if there is anything you can do not to be in it, you'll do it. But I'll tell you right now, if you come at me raging with a knife, I'm shooting you. Well, but that's, that's part of being prepared and having firearms staged in your home or your place of business or, uh, or, uh, in your car, you know, just cause you're being prepared and you're, you're ready for any situation. Yeah, absolutely. So I think it's important that if, if you are planning on staging guns, like some of the takeaways we've talked about are, or, are your circumstances. Oh, look, I have a, I have a visitor behind me. <laughs> Are, are your are your personal circumstances like do you have children in the home or or people that maybe come to your home often? Um, are you gonna just use a ball tech or a lock safe a lock box like that? Or are you gonna go to some kind of a furniture option? This, those are all things that you have to decide for yourselves, and and you really have to to war game every scenario. Honestly, you really got to think about it. Is it even worth staging? Maybe it's not worth staging a gun at all. Like you know, Nick in your home, it's. It really doesn't make sense at all to do it. Yeah, it might so, just be better to have it on you at all times. Yeah. So this is this is something that before you guys told me this is what we were going to talk about. I mean, I've considered it, I've thought about it, but I never really got too deep into it because I'm like, you know, I don't do a whole lot. I, I do it, but I don't think about it. I don't talk about it. So if anybody listening to this has any more insight on like maybe what I should be doing or has a different opinion... I would love for them to message me and let me know because I'm definitely, we probably should have done this on video because now I can't stop laughing. <laughs> for for anybody that's just listening. So Nick and I can see each other. We're, we're on the video call and uh, my youngest daughter came in here and decided to, that she wanted to be seen and she's giving me shoulder rubs and, and making faces. And so it's half the fun, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. It's part of this whole quarantine thing. We can't be at the store right now, so we're in quarantine. Yeah. Do you want to say hi? Hi. <laughs> there she is. Anyway, where, where were you, Nick? <laughs> <laughs> no, so I was saying, anybody listening, like, feel free to uh, reach out to me, email, uh, direct message on social media, and let me know your thoughts on, on the whole staging thing, because... We've talked about a lot of things, and a lot of this I've kind of gained through as we've been talking because I haven't. I knew I didn't want to stage in my apartment. I know that I stage in the shop, but I haven't considered like what other people should do in their situation because I really, I really don't share that with a lot of people. Right, and and some things you just don't want to share. I think staging a gun or even carrying concealed because it's a personal choice to. It really shouldn't be something you vocalize anyways, in my So opinion. if you come into my office, take three steps through the front door, one step left, reach <laughs> up and behind your back, and that's where the first gun's staged. <laughs> but you have to be standing on the floor mat at the same time. And you have to be five, nine and a half like me. Right, or else it's well, not going to work. <laughs> yeah, you know, you'll be in the wrong position. Yeah. So I think we'll close on that though. For now, I think that was a great, uh, lively discussion. If you have any questions about staging, we're happy to help you. Um, podcast at iishooting.com or uh, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at range minded podcast. And uh, Nick, where can we find you? You can find me at Hoftac industries on Facebook and Instagram, as well as hoftac.com online. Great. Um, yeah. So thank you, uh, Nick, for joining us as always. Uh, we always appreciate your time and, uh, thank you guys for listening and, uh, we'll talk to you next time.
Thanks, guys. Be safe. All right, same. We'll talk to you guys later. See ya. Thanks for listening to Range Minded. Find us online at Range Minded Podcast on Facebook or send us an email at podcast at iishooting.com. We're always happy to get feedback, episode suggestions, whatever you want to send us, really. And be sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and pretty much wherever else you get your podcasts from. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.